In this week's episode, T belatedly covers Female Furies number four. We chat about the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, then celebrate Mother's Day by talking about the weird treatment of mamas in comics. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, I'm back on She's Cover back. B! Hi! Did you miss me? No. Well, see, now that's just rude. Oh, you were talking to them. I mean, kind of you two. <laughs> I mean, fine. Whatever. I know you guys missed me. Hey, so comics came out this week. They sure did. It was weird. It was crazy. So, first comic I want to talk about actually came out last week. My bad. Um, I was not here, but I know you guys love to hear about me talk about Female Furies. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. And Female Furies came out last week. And we're on number four of six. And it's not better yet. Still bad. It's still bad. So this week, all of a sudden, Big Barda discovered that she's a lady. And she has feelings. <clears throat> and now she's crying because she loves him. Oh, God. She loves Scott Fui. What is happening? It is unreasonable. And it it's... I know what it's trying to do now. It's trying to be, like, hyper-feminist in the, like, most blatantly obvious way. And it's mm -hmm. not working because it's too blatantly obvious that it just feels condescending. That's all it is at this point. Like... Yeah, that's not fun. There's a whole conversation about, like, women have to stick together. We don't have to live in a world where we're being tormented by misogyny and cronyism and this woman this other woman's like you're a liar i can't trust you you heathen and then like dooms her <laughs> it it's it it's absurd you guys i just sounds like a rip roar in time it's a something it's a mess <laughs> i i just don't get it like <laughs> i get it i get what they're trying to do but i don't get it We'll see how it shapes up as we continue to get updates from you. Yeah. Hopefully it does shape up. Yeah, we got, well, we got two issues left, so. Yeah, fair. We'll see how good that can, that can occur. Um, as far as comics that actually came out this week, um, War of Realms, continuing my, hey, there's a shitload of War of Realms tie-ins, please tell us which ones are worth picking up. Uh, War of the Realms New Agents of Atlas came out, and there's a lot of reader buzz on this one because it introduces some, like, half a dozen new characters. Um, and it's all, because it's centered around, so what's happening in War of the Realms is the world is essentially being divided to the different realms. So, mm -hmm. like, Jotunheim gets North America, um... I think the Dark Elves get South America. Uh, Africa is going to heaven. And I forget who's getting Europe. But um, <clears throat> Muspelheim is getting... No, Enchantress is getting South America. So I think the, elves, the Dark Elves are taking Europe. Yeah, uh, Niflheim is getting South America. The Elves, Alfheim, or... Svartalfheim, Dark Elfheim, is <laughs> getting, um, 
they're hymen it up at a <laughs> in Europe, which I shouldn't have said that. Um, regretted it immediately. And so yeah, Muspelheim, the realm of fire, is getting Asia. So this one focuses on what's going on there. So it's a lot of Asian characters. So there's some that I'm honestly not ultra familiar with which ones are new and which ones aren't. Obviously, like Amadeus Cho is there. He's not new. Um, Shang-Chi's not new. White Fox is not new. Um, and there's the one Marvel did with like a K-pop. They like created a K-pop person. Um that's also a superhero she's not new there's a few others um from all different walks of asian life um and it's really cool it's cool to just see they even all the way to like kind of spoiler but it's not that big of a deal towards the end they bring in freaking pele the uh hawaiian volcano god which is awesome which is crazy <laughs> so it's like they're they're all kinds of inclusion it's kind of, I don't know, like, as a white man, I guess I can't really comment too much on inclusion, successful or not successful. But I'm kind of up in the air. Like, I think it's really cool. It's definitely cool to have, like, it's in Asia, so it should be Asian characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they didn't bring the Asian American characters in in kind of an awkward way. Like, they were already helping out Atlas, and then Atlas was like, hey, come help us in Asia. And it just happened that Miss Marvel, the only, like, non-Asian like one, was like, oh, I'll go back and help the champions in New York. Amadeus, you and Shang-Chi go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it didn't feel... And they were already... Amadeus and Ms. Marvel were already fighting, so it was like they split up, so it was fine. Um, you know, it made sense that the asian team members were going it didn't feel right. very like you guys are asian you go um <laughs> you got this so on one hand it's it's really cool and i like seeing it and i like that they're coming up with new like asian characters and there's this little girl who has like a magical bear and it's badass um <laughs> and i i just want to see like i'd love to read more of this team it's a fun team so far and they don't really get along and amadeus is an f up as always um but at the same time, it kind of feels like something that Marvel does from time to time where they're like, we need inclusion. Cram them all on one team. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, they did that. There was like a run of Mighty Defenders a while back that was like headed up by Luke Cage. And I think it was like they had Luke Cage, they had Spectrum, and they had some other Misty. Kind of black characters on there. Yeah. And it was like, look, this is our inclusive team. <laughs> and it's like, you know, inclusion means like, everybody <laughs> you can't just be like oh hey here's a book about an asian person see you know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't have to go as far as like you know swap rate like do a swap rate massive swap race movement or swap gender movement not that that's a problem like i'm not one of those people that was like they made thor a lady way get over yourselves superior thor but um agreed um i don't care i don't care who knows it yeah at me, but, bro. <laughs> uh, but it just, sometimes Marvel can do that kind of, like, weird, like, look, here they are. You know? Yeah. Enjoy. It's not. I don't it's, think it's this is. It's not inclusion if they're segregated. Yeah. yeah. I don't think this is going that way. Like, I don't really get that vibe off there. There's a part of my brain that's like, mm, 
it could be construed that way but you know it's again it makes sense it's in asia so asian superheroes would be dealing with it they've already established that like the british superheroes were taken out in europe because they were helping fight in europe you know what i mean like well and a lot of the they, europe ones went and helped in new york in new york and then they which got... was ground zero and i'm sure there's like latin american ones that are helping out in you know south america and i'm sure there's you know african superheroes like wakanda is dealing with what's going on there you know they're fighting heaven so it's like um you know it, it all makes sense but it could be construed that way but it's written it's also written by an asian team written and drawn by a mainly asian team which i think is cool so it's got greg pack writing it and gang hyuk lim that in the art dope. so i think that's pretty cool um so i don't know it, it's worth picking up uh it's what i like about the tie-ins is that they don't feel for the most part overly reliant on because i think i've read all of them at this point i mean there's the strike forces are still coming which are one shots but they're all going to be kind of the same thing and honestly they're the exception to what i'm about to say the tie-ins feel very isolated from the main story which is cool because if you're reading the main story, you're not really missing much. Yeah. You don't have a lot of like panels where you're like, whoa, what's going on? And they do the like, star, see this one, douchebags. Um, <laughs> I hate that. But they, I hate uh, that so well, much. and if you, if you do that in a crossover event that's this expansive, that has like tie ins in regular numbering and tie ins that are their own separate thing, then you're just gonna have one of those in every other panel. You know what I mean? So obnoxious. it's cool that they've made them very isolated. They very much are their own thing, you know? And sometimes they tie back into the main series, but you don't see the main series tying out to one of those often. It almost um, feels to me like Jason very intentionally created this whole plot line as a way to give writers the ability to be more creative and do whatever type of story they wanted. Like, mm -hmm. he set it up so that there could be a very, you know asian inclusive you know side story arc and there could be like there's one coming up that's um the dora milaje against the angels of heaven which i can't even express to you how freaking excited yeah. i am about that that's like my everything i um i think in the end though i really just hope and we still have a few issues left and a few crossovers left and stuff i really hope that we start seeing some changes to characters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we have the team that's in Journey into Mystery, and I would love for that team to keep going after War of the Realms. I love that team. It's super fun. It's like Miles and Kate and uh, Wonder Man and Balder and Thori and Deathlocket. And it's great. And Druid, I think is his name. Anyway, um, it's a cool team. So I'd like to see, like, Teams that are formed during this event stick together. I'd like to see some of the heroes like have things happen that changes them right. to some degree. Pretty sure everybody already knows at this point that James Foster is going to be the next Valkyrie. Um, so, well, I think we actually talked about it on the podcast. So, if, I you, that. if you're one of the three people that listen, you know about it. Um, we know what's up. And uh, so, there's going to be changes. I just hope they start getting to more of them because they haven't really hit on many of them. Yeah. Um, so I hope we start because this is supposed to be this huge event like they've been building it up like this is the biggest event and like Jason Aaron's like yeah we got so many things planned and in store you know yeah and so who knows yeah. we shall see 
Um, I read a cool number one this week that was actually from this week. Mm-hmm. Good for me. Um, it's called Excellence. It's interesting. I don't totally know what they're gonna do with it. It's, it's like wizards, right? Yeah. So it's essentially about this. Um, it's kind of like a magic cult that is essentially built of exclusively men of color who protect the world or like specific people who are deemed worthy Mm -hmm. and it can only be men no women are allowed to do magic and they have to have a wand and the wand has to be like approved by the council it's very regulated (laughs) um which is kind of weird and this particular the story that we're seeing goes around this kid who's apparently part of, like, a magical bloodline, and he develops late. Uh, he, he doesn't... Don't we all, my friend? He didn't find his mojo till he was <laughs> much more experienced than normal. Um, but I'm interested to see... Like, it's got this whole, like, father-son dynamic going on. It's got, like some interesting societal reflections going on the art's okay the dialogue's a little weird because i I don't think the dialogue knows whether it wants to take itself very literally like literarily i know that's a weird word to say um serious and very proper and then it'll immediately shift to a very like slang dialect and it's sometimes incredibly jarring to be quite honest. Fair. Like, you know, you have urban American slang and then you go into this very like dramatist diatribe (laughs) and I'm like, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's weird. Kind of like weirdly clockwork orangey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's odd. Slang, but also kind of oddly Victorian in its own way. Yeah. And it just jumps back and forth. So like he's having a conversation with his grandma where she's dropping F bombs and like, this is what you've got to do, baby. And then switch over to him talking with his dad, who's like, we are the chosen elite. Our bloodline must remain supreme. And I'm like, okay, somebody's taking themselves way too seriously, and I can't figure out which one. (laughs) So that's a little weird. The art's really cool, though. I'm digging the art in this book. Yeah, it looks like a pretty book. It's very pretty, which I very much appreciate. Um, When will I learn to mute my phone? Never. Never. But that's what makes you so endearing. It's true. Um, But yeah, so a lot happened, but at the same time, like, nothing happened in this book. Was it like like set up, though? Because first issues can sometimes just be a lot of like, here's the world. Yeah, and that's, I guess, what they were doing. I guess it was a lot of setup. But the thing that's weird is that the setup, like him making this moral decision, but the moral decision... I don't know what it's trying to get at. Fair. So I don't totally know. Like, that's what yeah. I mean when I don't know where they're going. Like, I don't know mm. what the plot's going to be. Yeah. So, whatever. That'll be interesting to, to see. The cool. number one's pretty worth it, so. Um, Dr. Afra is back this week with a new story arc. It's Dr. Afra number 32. I know that's kind of a late number for a lot of people, but um, it's... I feel like it's a good jumping in point if you've been wanting to figure out who Dr. Afra is. You might need a little bit of backup info and, you know, 
might need to like wiki some stuff but it's not like overly demanding on knowing what's happening um compared to previous story arcs like i feel like her last two story arcs um since spurrier's been writing her have literally been about just like beating down her character as much as he can like just beating it into a mush oh, that's so mean and yeah she's just been getting like kicked and kicked and kicked again and, and then pulverized kicked. and now that she's a fine paste he's letting her have adventures again um <laughs> that is and, so mean. but it's it's a good jumping on point if you either left afra and you want to come back in or you haven't really been reading dr afra and you want to come back in i love dr afra i've been reading it since it started um it's honestly i've dropped a lot of the star wars stuff uh and I, I made a blog post about this, is that I'm just really getting, like, Star Wars fatigued. And we'll talk about this. I have more to talk about on this in the news. Um, but I'm just really tired of all the Star Wars stuff that's just the same old characters doing the same old things. Yeah. I feel like the characters have been so, like, constructed and reconstructed and deconstructed and reconstructed and pushed to the limit and brought from the brink so many times that there's literally, like, there's nothing you can do to Luke Skywalker anymore outside of doing an Elseworlds story. Right. That will add or subtract anything from his character. That's completely It's valid. the same with Leia, Han, Boba Fett. Like, they're doing this whole, like, they did the Age of the Republic and the Age of Rebellion, and they're going to go into Age of Resistance. And it's all just, like, one-shot things about certain characters I picked up a few, like, the Leia one was actually not bad. The Leia one actually was one of the few times that I felt like Leia got stuff added to her character. But I haven't been reading the Star Wars stories, like, the Star Wars comics for a while, so it may have already been there. Mm -hmm. But it really, it was talking about, like, how she got her, like, Bosch outfit. You oh. know what I mean? And making her seem like kind of a badass. Um, I mean, the badass that she is. Like, she's totally a badass if you read the comics. Uh, and... You know, I read the Tarkin one. The Tarkin one was really twisted. Um, had him, like, imagining stabbing a dude and stuff like that. So, like, some of them are cool, but it just, it feels, I'm so exhausted with the same old stories. And that's kind of how I feel about, like, the fact that the new movie's called Rise of Skywalker. Like, I'm just so exhausted. So, I haven't been picking up many of the Star Wars, but Dr. Aphra has been, like, the shining beacon. Like, I was reading the Darth Vader series... When that was going on, I'm reading Darth Vader, the, like, mini that's happening right now. And those have all been really good. Um, but they tend to introduce new characters and new concepts and look at times of Darth Vader that haven't really been, like... Talked about. Talked about. Yeah. And I think that's what makes those, sets those apart, as opposed to the continuing adventures of Luke and friends. Well, and you that's know? the thing, is that you've said the... There's so much to the Star Wars universe... And we get just this itty bitty teeny weeny minuscule part of it yeah. all the time. Yeah. And we're force fed. It's like, yeah. I don't want to eat the same type of potato every single day. Like, yeah. it, it, give me french fries. Give me potato chips. Give me a baked potato. Like, give me a sweet potato. Mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I mean, that's the thing. It's, it, Dr. Afra is the only new character that got introduced in the new run of comics that has become a main character. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really like that's frustrating. That's like really frustrating as a fan. Like I get it that there's a lot of fans that 
you could just feed them Luke Skywalker stories and they will just <laughs> don't gobble it up. Um, but for me, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like a narrative where like the world creatively needs to evolve and expand. And you can't do that if you're just constantly like, oh, what's Leia going to do today? I also have a hard time with those books, to be honest, because it's like they don't die <laughs> you That's know a I mean? good point. It's really I hard mean... to have an adventure book when the person's just got like perfect narrative armor. They're not gonna be maimed. They're not gonna be injured to a point of where they can't like come back from it. And they're not gonna die. They're gonna continue to be friends. They're gonna continue to work together. Like one of them's not gonna leave the rebellion. We know that because we've seen the movies, and these take place like during the movies, and they're apparently pretty good. I've had people telling me that they're apparently really good. Apparently, the arc that they have going on right now is awesome. And bravo. Like, good that they're able to write good stories. I'm just honestly exhausted. Like, Boba Fett came out this week. I didn't pick it up. I love Boba Fett. I honestly do. I think he's a badass character. I love Mandalorian stuff in general. But I'm going to watch the hell out of the Mandalorian. Hell yeah. Um, but I, I don't care. I don't care about me, like, them reaffirming for me what Boba Fett is. Right. I know what he is. You know what I mean? Granted, if they came out with a Boba Fett game, or if the Boba Fett book was set with, like, kid Boba or teenage Boba, then it's not. It's oh. green helmet Boba. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know what he is. I know and how. I know how he dies. I know how he do. Um, <laughs> so anyway, if you're interested in reading a different character that we haven't seen much of, and good lord, put her in a movie. Um... Dr. Afra number 32 is out. It's a new story arc that has her going on adventures. Gives you a little bit of background about her family. Um, her family played a big role in an earlier story arc. So this is a good way for you to kind of get an idea of what her family life was when she was a kid. Nice. Um, but it's cool. It's Very cool. Um, my last book for this week was um, Betty and Veronica number five. It's the end of the miniseries. Um... I really enjoyed this book because it was a full synopsis of their senior year, mm -hmm. which is not something that usually gets done in Archie because Archie's one of those, they're kind of like the Simpsons. They're locked in time. They're going to be the same ages forever and yeah. ever and ever. Yeah. You never see Betty going to college. Like mm -hmm. they keep it very consistent, but this was really cool because it, it spanned the entirety of their senior year and it showed them facing, you know, actual problems that teenagers face it wasn't just like betty loves archie no veronica loves archie it was like man betty and veronica kind of want to go to the same college but kind of want to go to different colleges and maybe betty doesn't want to go to college because her dad can't pay for it because he lost his job well archie's kind of an idiot is he gonna go to school for music or is he gonna mm -hmm. go to school for football like uh. it's like actual things and like Reggie's grandmother gets put in the hospital and he gets in a car wreck and like mm -hmm. real stuff happens yeah damn and it was really nice and like it's still light and fluffy and you know Betty and Veronica save the day because that's what this is this is but you kind of go into it for that yeah but it's nice to have a story that actually has some level of substance you know mm -hmm. that's not just like pure fluff and and teen romance yeah and it, it's a nice it's a nice depiction of female friendship too there's not enough demonstrations of you know girls supporting each other and and doing real life girl stuff and fighting but also being okay after you fight yeah because that 
happens a lot. Girls fight. We do that. We're catty. We're bitches. We're horrible. But, you know, we still care. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Archie's pre-college sounds a lot like mine. Just like, instead of, is he going to go for music or is he going to go for football, replace football with every other field of study. (laughs) (laughs) Is he going to go for music or is he going to go for, dear Lord, I don't know what my interests are. (laughs) (laughs) What do I care about? Enrolled for music, left with an English degree. Hell yeah. Wait up budge that one up (laughs) um flash number 70 talking about another late numbered one i think it's also a kind of good time to jump in i haven't been reading flash regularly what i know is that at the end of issue number 69 some sort of being who is empowered by the slow force sends barry back in time to some degree And so this book is the beginning of Flash Year One. And so it retells its origin story. Kind of a cool place to jump in. I don't know how much it's going to put, like, how much it's going to be confusing later on. But this issue isn't very confusing. Gives you a cool, like, more modernized look at Flash's origin. Him getting his powers. Um, And then it ends with him, like, time traveling to the future. And sets up, like, a really cool story going forward. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. So if, once again, I know it's a later number and that can be scary to people, but if you're looking for a good place to jump on to Flash, if you've been like watching the show and never really found a good time to get into the comics, this could be a good one to pick up just to see if it's something that you dig. Um, and then I wanted to end with talking about Batman and the Outsiders number one. So it's a new Bat family team. This one actually was supposed to come out, I think like two months ago and then got pushed. Um... Honestly, what I'll say about this one is if you're a fan of Batman things in general. So, like, if you just... Everything Batman I need. Or if you're a fan of the particular members of this team. So, Katana, uh, Signal, Orphan, or Black Lightning. Pick up this book. Okay. If you're not specifically a fan of absolutely everything Batman... Or if you're only kind of a fan of Batman stuff, or if you're looking at this book just to kind of see, I'd probably pass. Oh, it okay. um, it didn't wow me. It uh, like it seems like a cool premise. It introduces some new characters, introduces a slightly new concept. Um, again, I say if you're a fan of these characters because they're all kind of coming in with some baggage that I'm sure fans would be very aware of and want to see evolve. Right. I don't really know much about any of these characters, to be honest. I haven't been reading Detective very regularly, which is where stuff happens to Signal. He gets, like, set on fire or some shit. Um, but it, the whole thing is just, like, ripe with everyone being like, I don't trust Batman. And not at any point on the pages does Batman really give them any reason to distrust him. So it's just this odd, like, I don't really trust Batman, but we should do what he says. And it's like, well, why don't you trust? Like, I get, like, I I can easily accept that people don't trust Batman. Like, I can understand that. But I didn't see him do anything to them where they're like, I don't trust him. He's being so mysterious. So it's, it's really just, I feel like Batman is getting the short end of the stick in this because it's just like, 
he has this team and he's like, hey guys, I need you to go do this thing. And they're like, I don't trust him. And he's like, I literally just gave you a mission and left. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't understand what the problem is here. So, I mean, granted, in every other book I've ever read, anytime Batman's hanging out with the League, it's like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Cool. I already put into place this extraneous random provision that means that I'm tracking so-and-so and I have a default explosive destroy so-and-so and I have backup plan for backup plan and everyone's like, Batman, we're still on your side, dude. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like every book I read that has him in everything, he's like, actually, I have a preventative measure in case you go offline. Yeah. And it's like, chill, Yeah, dude. it's like in Deceased, like, Cyborg disappears or gets taken by Darkseid and Batman's like, I'm tracking him. And everyone's like, are you tracking all of us? And he's like, dot, 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 no. And they're like, you said dot, dot, dot. And he's <laughs> like, uh, no, I didn't. And it's really, <coughs> it's really awkward. Um, or in Heroes in Crisis, when Harley Quinn's like, you have kryptonite in your belt. And Wonder Woman and Superman are like, he wouldn't do that. And Batman's like, I have kryptonite in my belt. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if they don't like, need I reason. I get it. I totally get it, but, like, it's still, like, it's, like, if you meet someone, they're, like, hey, this is my friend Eric, and you're, like, oh, hey, Eric, and they're, like, yeah, Eric went to jail for beating the crap out of his entire JV football team in eighth grade when he, when he was 18, and you're, like, whoa, Eric, damn, and he's, like, yeah, you know, I went to jail, and you're, like, from that like at that point it was like 15 years ago that this happened but at that point of meeting him you're like please don't beat the crap out of me (laughs) yeah you know what i mean it's like i get that batman does some like shady shit but until he like actively is like hey i am not giving you all the details or i'm being very mysterious or i've actively lied to you on the pages of this book let me it's just weird that like Yeah, it's weird to have the, like, running melody in the background of this book, you know, all their libretto is going against the whole, like, Batman sucks suite, you know? <laughs> and it's just weird. It's so bizarre. It, it, yeah. You know? It's weird. And if you don't trust him, why are you taking the mission? Yeah. Why are you even on the team? Yeah. What is your drama? He, like, gives Black Lightning a penthouse and is like, hey... I need you to find this chick that is a metahuman that went missing. And they're like, I don't trust him. Let's do it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, granted, what? if Batman was like, hey, what? I'm going to stalk and watch every aspect of your life, but here's this really dope penthouse, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, fair. Let's do it. Give me the house. Give me the keys. I'm in. And now, your Cover Bee News, with your host, Chris and T. News time. Aw yeah, news. This week in the news. There's a lot of trailers that just occurred. It's a bunch of trailer stuff, yeah. Uh, Far From Home trailer. Yep. It's officially out. It has spoilers, so go ahead and say right now, there'll probably be spoilers. 
in us talking about it, but the Russos have officially given permission to spoil in-game, so suck it. <laughs> um, personally, <laughs> I am concerned. Uh-oh. So, one cool thing from the trailer is that the multiverse gets mentioned, right? Which is both terrible and great. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, obviously, it's very possible that there's going to be a... You know, we just don't have all the details. Like, I can't make a solid assessment without having all the details. Right. But from what it looks like, the movie is going to focus around Spider-Man, Mysterio, and Maria Hill, and Nick Fury. Right. Fighting ambiguous, large, elemental dudes. And because we have a multiverse, Mysterio's good... And doesn't isn't gonna be a villain, and that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and like I really I really wanted it to just like I'm happy there's like I'm excited about the multiverse, right? Still excited about Mysterio. Movie looks beautiful. Tom Holland's doing a great job. I like the angle they're building of making him really fall into his heroics as a way of continuing Iron Man's legacy. You know what I mean? Like I get that. That's a really cool way of doing it. So he's not just like a kid. Like it's gonna push him to that point of not of, you know, not just being a kid who's balancing life and also this thing that he feels like he needs to do because responsibility or whatever. Right. It's gonna be like this is who I am now. You know. Yeah. And it, it kind of falls back onto the conversation he and Tony had of like, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you need to be the hero and you know peter's finally getting that right um but ambiguous large elemental cgi guys and a potentially heroic mysterio seems like a waste of a really cool villain and i just don't want another superhero movie that's the superhero just fighting big ambiguous we can't talk we can't think cgi creatures there's gotta be more i feel like they're i'm sure lying. i'm sure there's gonna be more like i'm sure it's still very possible that the creatures are all some sort of machination of mysterio yeah and he's using everybody and blurdy blur but if what the trailer is suggesting is what we actually get that then sucks i'm kind of uninterested yeah that kind of sucks yeah it it like, I, I don't want to hate, I don't want to be, and I, that's why I, I'm saying I don't have all the details, so this isn't my, like, final assessment, and I'm still going to go see the movie, and I'm excited to see what is different, you know what I mean? Right. Like, what details were omitted, um, what story elements were omitted, but big, giant, can't speak, can't talk, not maniacal CGI things just don't really interest me, you know what I mean? Unless it's, like, full-on, like kaiju style in a superhero movie i'm just not as interested in that and i just if they make mysterio just full-on like there's even shots in the trailer of him like giving peter pep talks at like a bar and it's like why <laughs> like like why and you know mysterio's never been i mean he's had plenty of like very maniacal moments but for the most part quentin beck's been more about like getting that cash you know what i mean like right. robbing banks and shit so he's never been like 
the Doctor Doom type, really maniacal bad guy, but he could be so cool as like a really twisted maniacal dude. Right. And so having so many scenes of him being like buddy buddy, Jake Gyllenhaal, hey, you know, <laughs> just really like that was my Jake Gyllenhaal. I liked it. I thought it was surprisingly uh, accurate. Hi, I'm Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, <laughs> I just watched a little Tony Danza. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I'm unimpressed. I, if it turns out that that is the actual plot of this movie, I will be disappointed, but I will write this movie off as a way to open doors to miles and gwen yeah it um, That's what i'll do it definitely seems like i heard, had a lot of people saying that you know this was gonna be a big setup for this was gonna do for phase four what age of ultron did essentially for phase three because ultron seeded so many things for phase three you yeah. know what i mean and Really, a lot of the big moments in Infinity War and Endgame are as impactful and important because of what happened in Age of Ultron. True. You know what I mean? Because, like, Tony really developed his PTSD after having visions of everyone dead. Vision came around in Age of Ultron. You know, Ultron's, all of Ultron's, like, apocalyptic diatribes were obviously referential to Thanos. You know what I mean? Like, the need for civil war. Yeah, it it was cool stuff. But uh, there's a lot of people saying that this being the closing movie of Phase 3 is going to do a lot of that kind of seeding for Phase 4. So that's how we're going to pull in a lot of the people that make less sense in the world we've developed. So, like, even to the extent the Eternals don't really make a lot of sense in the world that's been developed in the mcu so we can bring them in that way x-men can come in that way fantastic four can come in that way all that kind of stuff so um that's exciting but i don't know i just went into the trailer really excited and left a little bit nervous so we'll see how that goes real quick though speaking of phase four marvel has uh released phase four movie dates uh for every mcu phase four movie through 2022 wow (laughs) um so let's see if i can get the dates may 1st 2020 november 6th 2020 february 12th 2021 may 7th 2021 november 5th 2021 february 18th 2022 may 6th 2022 july 29th 2022 i'm so, calling one, two, it right three, now four five six seven eight eight movies i'm calling it right now february 2021 mm-hmm. that's black panther you think oh yeah yeah because uh, oh yeah there's a lot of speculation i was reading an article that is theorizing that may 1st 2020 is probably going to be black widow because that's supposed to go into production soon. Okay, that and makes And then sense. the November one is probably going to be uh, Eternals or Guardians. I could see Guardians Because that's supposed to go into... Those are both supposed to go into production soon. Guardians and is a very February. holiday movie. Yeah, um, so we'll see. I mean, none of them have been officially released or talked about. But we got, you know, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Guardians, Doctor Strange, Black Panther... Uh, so, I mean, we have a they lot of stuff. They also just officially announced there's going to be a Nova movie. 
Uh, oh, was that official? I believe so. Okay. Um, cool. I didn't see anything that said that it was official, but, um, yeah, so that could fit in there. So that's, that's exciting that we have that much to look forward to because right now we have, uh, Far From Home is in July, right? Right. And then we get nothing (laughs) until May of next year. So it's going to be a long, dry Uh, period for Marvel movies, but. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Well, you know what one of those movies is not going to be? What? It's not going to be the Gambit movie. Shocker. Because Marvel so, officially looked I'm poor so Channing surprised. Tatum in the face yeah. and said, no, yeah. you're done. He is done. Yeah. I Somebody buy that poor boy a carton of Haagen-Dazs because he was so patient and it just never happened. Just get him some like purple Under Armour and a trench coat and he can wear that at home <laughs> and pretend he's Gambit and a bow staff some cards for real though if he did that and put it on youtube it'd be like the highest watch thing on yeah, YouTube. Right? i just it's no surprise like i think it's funny that that's like quote unquote news, news because it's like you know that bandwagon has like it's down to one wheel the only <laughs> there's like a 15 year old 25 year old mule dragging it along <laughs> They're on, like, a dusty mountain pass. You know, everyone's died of dysentery except the one Channing up front, like, whipping this poor fucking mule. Like, it's... That bandwagon has seen better days, so it's it's well, not it surprising. Well, has, it has officially... The whole... They, they are no longer on the Oregon Trail. Nice. The Gambit Trail is done. Uh, sad news from the past week. Peter Mayhew has passed away at 74 years of age. Pour one out, you guys. So the original actor playing Chewbacca has passed away. Um, It's sad. Uh, There's a lot of people like Mark Hamill and George Lucas and the guy who's currently playing Chewbacca all, like, reflecting on his impact. So check those out online. I won't, you know, I'll save you the time of not reading every, every single one but um yeah pour one out for our big fuzzy friend some new trailers they're not really trailers they're like teasers Mm -hmm. i i don't understand teasers most of the time because they don't really show anything yeah but um new watchman teaser um i don't know how to feel about it because i still can't totally place is it they haven't really said like is it a sequel is it not it's gonna be the before watchman stuff There's, i don't know i haven't honestly looked that much I, I, I watched it and to me does not look like a prequel to me there's yeah. a whole army of rorschachs in that thing okay. i don't know what's happening it's very confusing but um bizarre it it's got a ton of great people on the cast so Mm. i'm i'm intrigued i just i like i don't know i might get around to watching it it's gonna be hbo though right yeah it's one of those things that i'll never have to just like game of thrones i'll have to binge it later game of thrones you're not missing much guess what people you didn't want to die died um and there's a starbucks coffee cup in it oh god please don't talk about the starbucks coffee (laughs) 
all week. That's been my life all week. Did you hear about the coffee cup in Game of Thrones? I'm like, I did. Sure enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just... Watchmen for me is so beautiful as a self-contained story. I agree. Um, I, the best thing to come out of the before Watchmen series, the like prequel bits that like summed up the beginning times of all the different characters... Or the covers. Like, the covers on those books are amazing. Um, all the Before Watchmen stuff. Stories could have done without. Just make me some posters. Um, Fair enough. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it needs a show. But it it's just, doesn't. It's one of those, like, hey, that cash cow still has some milk in it. Let's go get this one dried up. Um, Sounds about right. So, yeah. There's also a teaser trailer for... Batwoman, because the CW has officially picked it up. Indeed, Woo-hoo! which is exciting. So it's got it's Batwoman is officially joining the Arrowverse. Um, I thought this was funny because while I was looking for information about this, I found uh, NBC did an article about it. Okay. Okay. And the headline is. Lesbian superhero series Batwoman coming to the CW. Good job, NBC. <laughs> yep. Lesbian superhero series. Seriously? Not just like Batwoman officially picked up by CW. And then like, in the article be like, this is going to be Yeah. Cult favorite Batwoman officially coming to television. Nope. 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 Like, Got a lead with the lesbo, apparently. Lesbian superhero series. Way to go. Suck on that. Ay, 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 ay. That is just a no. Yep. You know what? You know what, though? It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And the Arrowverse has thus far did an incredible job of representing, you know, gay and lesbian people in the shows. And I am excited because I think Ruby Rose is boss. Yeah. And I love Batwoman, and I am ready for this. It's gonna be cool. And there's a lot of really cool characters that can get introduced into this. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I talked about this last week when it was just me in a room by myself ranting at a wall. Um, (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog does not look very purdy. And the director is aware of that. And is apparently going to make some design changes. Now, he's... It's kind of funny because... So there was all this fan backlash about how, about, like, toddler onesie Sonic, and... <laughs> I love that you call him that. It's it's what he is. He looks like a toddler in a onesie wearing a weird, like, puppet head. Um, <laughs> also, I saw a meme online that had James Marsden, the actor from this, mm-hmm. and it had a picture of him sitting in the car with Sonic, and a picture of him uh, with, like, the chipmunk from Enchanted. Oh no. And a picture of him with some other CGI animal movie. It was like a rabbit. I think it was like, wasn't it? There was like an Easter Bunny movie that came out once that yeah. was like that. And it was like, man, James Marston has some weird friends. Um, <laughs> it's true though. Like, how many times do you get cast in like a, you're going to talk to a small CGI animal before that's your pigeonhole? You know what I mean? Like, this poor dude wanted to be known as Cyclops, and now he's known as Talks to Imaginary Animals Guy. (laughs) You know? Like, he got just screwed over by Hugh Jackman 
being having more star power in the X-Men movies to the extent where Cyclops, one of the most recognizable X-Men, the literally, leader of the X-Men, literally spent two of the three movies either kidnapped or dead. Like the entirety of the movies. Yeah. Second movie, he gets kidnapped like right away. Yeah. And then the third movie, he dies right away. So it's like, leader of the X-Men, not in these movies at all. Sorry, James Marsden. But hey, maybe if the X-Men had a talking animal, you'd be right there, bud. You know? You X-Men, Howard the Duck crossover, you're set. We got you. He sh really should have been in Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. He's somebody I would really love to come back in to the MCU. Because I love James Marsden. I really liked him in Westworld. That was a good one. He's good. Um, I enjoy him. And I mean, I liked him as Cyclops. He was a great Cyclops. So I'd love for him to get some superhero play. Anyway, they're going to go back and redo Sonic. But it's kind of funny because even though they're doing this in response to Backlash, they're now getting more Backlash. Because people are like, then you need to push the date. Like, you can't have the same release... And it's got people, A, worried that Sonic really isn't on screen that much. If the director's so confident that they could just go in, completely redesign him, and... Have no issues with Have it. no issues with the release date. People are like, how often is Sonic even on the freaking screen? Like, is this going to be one of those things where every time we see him, he's just like a blue blur, except for like the last 15 minutes? Right. Like, is this mainly a Jim Carrey, like, family comedy device? You know which what I mean? Like, which be awesome excited yeah, um so some people are worried about that some people are worried about what the final product's gonna look like like if they rush it is sonic gonna look more like sonic but less comfortable in the world around him you know what i mean yeah. like is it gonna look like a really cheap cgi sonic is it gonna look stupid so uh, they're catching some backlash there there's i also heard there was some backlash because people were like don't overwork your workers yeah yeah, there's also people that are like, dude, chill. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, there's already somebody who's done like a rework of it that the internet is like all over. They're like, this is what it should have been. So maybe they'll be able to integrate it. But it just seems like, I, I agree. I think if you're gonna do a rework of the main character of the movie, you might want to consider pushing. But at the same time, you might just not. The producers might be like, no. You know? It's interesting to me because you can tell that this was one of those movies that during, you know, production and beta testing and stuff like that, they had in, like, kids and parents. Yeah. They didn't think about that your real audience for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie yeah. is gonna be millennials. Well, they should have... Sorry, they, you should have brought in the 20-somethings. They should... I don't know when this is releasing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but they should have released a... Like, they released that teaser and people were uncomfortable by it. They were yeah. like, this doesn't look good. It doesn't they look had, right. like, posters and people are like, this looks strange. But they should have done, like, a full-on... Like, even if not, like, a full trailer, a teaser that better showed Sonic... As opposed to, like, waiting until the full trailer revealed to do it. And then they could have gauged the backlash at that point. You know what I mean? They could have done yeah. that, like, months ago and been like, here's what Sonic's gonna look like. What do you guys think? You know? Right. And it wouldn't even have to, like, you could have done, like, a little, like, short movie about Sonic, like, doing nothing, like, getting chili dogs or some crap. 
Um, you know, you could have had just like some of the clips from the movie, like the clip with him, like, I got my steps in today, you know, because I'm excited about the movie. I, I legitimately am. And I said that last week is that like, I love James Marsden. Um, I love Jim Carrey. Uh, you know, there's the guy who played Damien Darks in this. I don't remember his name. Um, but there's like a stellar cast for this film, but like, he does look uncomfortably weird. I bet. So. so the movie is set to come out early November, like November 8th. Mm-hmm. I bet they don't want to push it because if you push it too late, you're hitting Star Wars territory. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the minute you try to compete, they want to have like a good month and a half of owning the box office yeah. before Star Wars comes in and just wrecks everybody. Speaking of Star Wars wrecking everybody, just real quick, I don't have many details <laughs> Uh, so Disney just released, or just revealed dates for three new Star Wars films. What? Really? Yep. Um, so after the conclusion of the nine episodes Star Wars Skywalker saga, uh-huh. uh, the next movie is going to hit theaters on December 16th, 2022, followed uh-huh. by another movie December 20th, 2024, and another movie December 18th. 2026 well at least they're spreading it out now so they haven't announced many details we might find out more at their like disney conference the like d23 thing i don't know um a lot of people are saying this is probably going to be ryan johnson's thing uh and again backtracking to when i said i would bring this up i just really hope it's new shit stuff yeah like it needs to be new new character new era maybe I, I honestly don't even care what happens towards the... Like, I hope we don't keep going from the Resistance. Like, we can deal with that later down the line. You know, like, let's look at before... Like, let's do a pre-prequel. Or let's do... Old Republic. Yeah, let's do some Give Old me. Republic stuff. Come or on. have it take place during the Galactic Civil War, but have it be a movie that doesn't even really give a shit about the Galactic Civil War. It's just, like, Outer Rim shit. It'll probably realistically be a sequel following, like, The Resistance, you know, as it is after the end. It'll probably be, like, a very far sequel, like, decades in the future kind of thing, which could be cool. I just want some fresh characters. I want some fresh concepts, things that aren't constantly relying on, like, hey, you guys know who Luke Skywalker is? Here you go. And if we could, for the love of God, not make the Jedi the main focus. Like... You can have a Jedi, you know, you can have people who are force sensitive. You can have a Jedi character. You can have a full on freaking Jedi character. But if it could please just not be like this person learning how to become a Jedi three movies, because we've seen that we know how that works. You know, it kind of sucks. Like you don't have to make a Sith the main bad guy. You don't have to make a Jedi the main hero you know what i mean like give us you know what do I something want? exciting you know what i want out of hmm. star wars what i really want out of star wars this just hit me in the face and it's 100 true and i'm gonna say it and people can disagree with me but this is the truth this is the reality of it all this is why we all love us some darth maul hmm. because all we really want out of a freaking star wars movie is an anti-hero yeah fair. i want a venom i want a deadpool I want somebody who's a bad guy doing good shit. Doing, That's yeah. what I want. I want a Darth Maul who, like, rolls, or, like, an Asa 
Asajj Ventress, who rolls in and is a total bad bitch, but also does awesome stuff sometimes. Because why not? She has a heart. Yeah. It's, like, Learns give me, to love. Yes. <laughs> give me an anti-hero. Give me the, the uh, Captain Phasma. Mm-hmm. Like, it's these characters that are bad, but good. That we want to see. Yeah, that's true. And they won't do it in Star Wars. Star Wars is so black and white in the movie representations. Yeah, and it's because they're, like, every creator I've heard that is asked that question, like, you know, why do you, you know, how do you feel about the moral compass in Star Wars? Or, like, why don't you have any swearing in Star Wars? It's it's because there's this, like, unwritten rule where that's just how it has to be. They're like, you know, growing up, it was this, like, just fills you with hope and stuff. And that's why Rogue One was such a, like, amazing. bizarre... Well, it was amazing, but it was so bizarrely tonally different. Yeah. Just because it wasn't trying to be that, like, moral, like... High ground. White and, like, black and white kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't think though that they would do a trilogy like their main trilogy on that you know what i mean like they definitely want to start looking at those stories that's why we have the mandalorian coming out that's why rogue one existed han solo like solo set up the potential for like darth maul and what's her face uh khaleesi um (laughs) darth maul and khaleesi taking winterfell um i would watch the hell out drinking of a shitload of starbucks <laughs> <laughs> there i did it um but yeah I, I i just i hope it's fresh and new and exciting and doesn't it's not just like it's not like a like a sequel set decades in the future and then they find like luke skywalker's holocron and they're like <gasps> you know and that's how it ends uh. and then the second is like episode 11 re-rise of the skywalker you know what i mean yeah well the last bit of news that i have for the week is um i don't have a ton of details about this but oni press and lion forge um both comic publishers Mm -hmm. have now merged to unite um they said i don't know about lion forge but i'm pretty sure oni press was hurting i think like last year or the year before they actually declared like bankruptcy i believe the claim is that it's going to help them expand their kind of like libraries Mm -hmm. by uniting them and giving them more um like access to resources so i mean except for like rick and morty and invader zim the oni like kind of original titles do kind of fall in line with what Lion Forge puts out. Like they're very similar in their tone and art yeah. and stuff. So it's a good merge. It's a good merge. I think I like there's it. potential. Yeah. Oh, we'll keep you updated if any other exciting news happens around that. Maybe yeah, new titles or something. So this week, this weekend is mm-hmm. Mother's Day. It's a day for the mamas and the mamas mamas. And the mamas, mamas, mamas. That's right. That's right. So all is. you mamas, 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 mamas out there, just sit down. It's not your day. <laughs> <laughs> Only three mamas. That's... Outcast didn't go to four mamas. 
they went to mama's 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 okay so if you're a fourth generation mom do i <laughs> before i say this i'm like do i know of any fourth generation moms <laughs> like so, any any great let's see great grandmas wouldn't it be because it would be it's mom grandma great grandma yeah so do i know any great great grandmas that are like alive and kicking and could listen to the podcast no i don't don't. think so so get bent mama's 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 sit down oh yeah sorry mama's 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 you cool (laughs) mama's 3x you good oh you hit that fourth you You hit that fourth mama you need to stop you get out of here you're also probably like 80 and you're like what's a cast pod anyway (laughs) What are we talking about with the mamas and right. mamas? Right, so I wanted to talk about how uncool it is that mamas are poorly represented in comics. Yep, a lot of superheroes don't really get to celebrate Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that. For some reason, superheroes in comics tend to have what I lovingly call the Disney princess syndrome, mm-hmm. which is they ain't got mamas. Well, but it's funny because like with Disney princesses, <laughs> It's just kind of like an omission of mamas. But with like superheroes, it's literally like your mama. It's it's the mama in the fridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. your mama. Stay, I think I would just stick with mama. Your mama was taken from you. And that somehow plays into your like Identity. heroic origin. Yeah, because you know I mean? soups, mama dead. Batman, mama dead. Flash, mama dead. Spider-Man, mama dead. Like... Mama dead, not dead, dead. Cloned, dead, not dead, dead. Android, dead. Something like that. This is why I don't like (laughs) Spider-Man. This is why I have very vengeful feelings towards Spider-Man. Yeah. Anyway. Dead. Mama dead. Dead. Uh... Yeah. Like... I don't understand why superheroes can't like, and then you've got awesome characters like Kamala Khan. She rolls up. She got a mommy. She got a daddy. Gamora, mama dead. Yeah. Uh, like you can be a good superhero and have Peter a mama. Peter Quill, mama dead. Yep, Peter Quill, mama dead. Uh, <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of dead mamas. Well, and then there's times when like. There's, like, another side of the coin where the mom is sometimes treated as, like, like, somehow is turned out to be a villain. So, like, in Flashpoint, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman instead of Bruce. So Bruce gets killed. Okay. But then his mom goes freaking nuts and actually becomes, like, a Joker type thing. That is messed up. And, like, in the whole, like, rewriting of the world... To make Captain America a Hydra agent. It's like his mom meets a Hydra agent. And that's like how they end up in Hydra. He like, his mom drafts him into Hydra, essentially. If I'm not mistaken. Huh. So like, there's this weird thing where like, mothers sometimes come back. And didn't that just happen in like, uh, West Coast Avengers, right? Someone's mom ended up being a vampire. Kate Kane's! Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Kate Bishops. Yeah. 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 Hawkeye's mom herself is a baddie. Yeah. 
And, like, so. and then there's the actual representation of characters who are mothers, like, important characters who are mothers, who are often depicted as crappy mothers. Like, Mystique is yeah. a terrible mother. Yeah. She is one of the very few, like, hero villains you'll see represented in comics. She's a terrible mom. Mm-hmm. She's horrible. She's an evil person. Mm-hmm. It's bad news. And then you've got, like, and it's weird because they're just now trying to introduce, like, mothers into comics. Because, like, you've got Jessica Jones, who has been introduced as a mom, but she's, like, not a great mom. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. while we love Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones in and of herself is a flawed, incredibly flawed character. And that flaw consistently continues along her her motherhood and so like and then like um uh oh jubilee is technically a mom now because she's taking care of the baby and Mm -hmm. like they made her a vampire for a while like why can't there just be good representations of moms mm. in comics? Like, I don't understand what the deal is. And, like... Uh, Blade's mom got resurrected by Dracula as a vampire to use against her son. Yep. Yep. <laughs> See? There's That's another what I'm one. It's like... There's another one. You're either evil or you're, like, dead. You're, like, revealed to be, yeah, like... Yeah, it's weird. Like, even, so recently, Captain Marvel had her, like, entire origin story rehashed, and while her mom is a good character, her mom hid her identity and shoved her, like, father's abuse under the rug, and, (laughs) like, essentially ended up causing part of the the like Cree force to come and like come after her because she was a deserter mm-hmm. and so it like wrecked the whole town like Jeez. not being a very good mama you know what i'm saying yeah like not at all and like one of the only representations of motherhood i can think of in comics particularly marvel comics is spider woman mm-hmm they just sort of stopped using her. Well, yeah, because she, like, full-on gave up being... Or tried to give up being superhero so, to... So you can't be both. Yeah. That's of, what it's... That's, like, you can be a good mom, mom, and that's it. Or you can be a superhero or, and suck at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it... Wh- why? Marvel writers... DC writers, mm-hmm. indie writers, I'm gonna need you to explain to me why all the mamas have to be bad or dead. All day mamas. All the mamas. And I say mamas because I call my mama mama. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you have plenty of good mamas. You got Freya. <laughs> Freya's a good mama. Uh, like you said, like Kamala's parents are good parents. I mean, Aunt May is basically Peter's mom and she's a good chick. Yeah, Aunt so. May's a good mom. Like, I feel bad for Aunt May because she is Peter's mom. Like, for all intents and purposes, 
he should call her mama. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. It's still just Aunt Me. Aunt Me. Like, at some point, you need to accept that that woman's your mama. And -hmm. you need to give her the respect as such. True that. Like, I feel bad for Aunt May. Because Aunt May has lived a long, very difficult life. And has been like 80 years old for the entirety of it. And it just doesn't seem fair that she clearly is not getting the same amount of love and respect that she should. Mm Mm-hmm. Except maybe in that one part. Where he sold his soul to the devil. True. He then did give the respect to Amy. Well, and Lois Lane is a mom right now. She's a good mom. She is a kick-ass mom. That's a really good point. She is probably the best representation of mamahood I have seen in comics right now. Well, it wasn't Black Canary a mom for a while. I remember her being pregnant because Harley called her out on it. And I'm pretty sure Green Arrow and Batman in very in the same way that they tend to do the very same things all the time they both had a kid with like a super villainy type person oh geez and now their kid like works with them (laughs) (laughs) so like green arrow uh forget who it was with but some your typical like ninja type person baddie and now his daughter is red arrow and huh batman has damien with talia you know huh so that's valid interesting stuff but again it's bad moms (laughs) you know what i mean moms who like batman can't have a kid like superman gets to have a kid with lois and it's cool but batman can't have a kid with like some chick he knows who's like a good person you know what I mean? Yeah, that's messed up. It's gotta be like... Tell y'all Ghoul's a mom. She's bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because that's Damien. Damien. Oh, is it? Yeah, Damien oh. Wayne is well, Talia al Ghoul. And that she had with Bruce. And so it's like, here's a mom who's a bad person. I mean, it's ambiguous with Talia in a way, but, you know, murderous and crazy, kind of. So It's just messed up. Like, it's just messed up. It's really bizarre. Yeah, it's... There's not there's not a lot of proper representation of mamas in comics being good mamas. Yeah, and uh, you know, on the inverse, dads get a lot of like sympathy. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like Deadshot is like I'm just doing this for my daughter. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of those that are just like I'm doing this for my kids. Punisher. Yeah, like oh my family got killed. You know, so dads get this like sympathy boat, and then moms, it's like you're either dead or evil. I wonder if this is like a weird like holdover from when comics were very much targeted toward a very <laughs> it specific probably is. Gen- like, <laughs> it's like, probably um target audience it's it's specifically generated for all the like kids in the 70s and 80s who would like come home from school and they'd be like mom have you seen my superhero comics my superman books have you seen them mom and mom's like oh i threw those out you're too old for those yeah. And then they like pick up a book and they're like, yeah, yeah, your mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> your mom's dead and you have superpowers, you lucky son of a bitch. Oh, I want to be you. No surprise, your mom's evil. My mom's evil too. She threw out Superman. <laughs> so it's probably, I can see it. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I find it very strange. It's bizarre. And 
this is my call to writers, creative minds. Put out some books. Make like, you, you love making team-up books. Marvel specifically, you love making team-up books. And you like to you you like to segregate in your teammate mm-hmm. in your team up books. Super you want moms. to segregate? Make me some super moms. Make me some marvelous moms. There, I even gave out the title for you. Nice. Marvelous moms, and it can be like Jubilee and Spider Woman and mm-hmm. like Mystique if she's not being a total bitch. Yeah. And like Jessica Jones. This actually sounds kind of like a kick-ass book. Yeah. So I just want people all to pay new, attention. All new, all maternal mom Avengers. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, mom it up. Because the mamas deserve some love, too. Yeah. So get out this weekend and give your mama some love. That's right. And your mama mama. And, and your, your mama mama mama. mama, mama. And but not your mama 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 mama. If you don't have a mama... Get out and give someone else's mama love. Preferably some, like a mama you know. I wouldn't just pick a random mama. Or, if you don't have a mama, go get bitten by a radioactive spider or something. Yeah, if you don't have a mama, you are primed right now. You're on track. You're like ready (laughs) for the powers. Uh, But in all seriousness, to the moms listening, we all love you. Uh, Thank you for all you do. To those moms who are no longer with us, we love and miss you too. So. Is that the sad note we're going to end it on? (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So that's going to be it for this episode. Welcome back, T. Thank you. I am glad to be here. I am happy to be a part of the team Minneapolis wasn't great. <laughs> I'm never leaving again. Um, if you like what you hear, you can check us out at coverbepodcast.com. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. At coverbepodcast. And we're both on Instagram, doing the gramming and the hashtagging. Yep. So find us there too. Next week we're going to be at Megacon. Woo-hoo! I've got myself a Coverbee shirt if you see me with it. Come up and give me a high five. It'll be fun. Um, we'll probably talk about Megacon maybe the episode following. I don't know. I don't know if it's really worth being like, here's what happened at Megacon. If something um, exciting happens, we'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, we'll let you know if I, like, punch Rob Liefeld in the tit or something. <laughs> I'll mention it. Um, it. That will be noteworthy. Uh, so, yeah. Get out and make your mama and mama mama and mama 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 some pancakes. Um, if you're a mama 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 and you're listening, why? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we will see you guys next week right here for more Cover B. Bye, guys. Adios.